This is Dave LaGreca of Busted Open, and I know two extremely passionate fans about AEW, Paul Zartman and Tanner Lee. That's right, Paul and Tanner. I love what they bring to the table on the Kicking Out Podcast. That's right, the Kicking Out Podcast with Tanner Lee and Paul Zartman. Are you listening to me? If you want the latest on AEW and you're an AEW fan and you want to get the scoop, you listen to Paul and Tanner right now on all podcast forums. I'm talking, you go to the podcast store, you lay down your money, and you buy the Kicking Out podcast. You do it now. If you love AEW, you'll love Tanner and Paul. It is Thursday night again, and you know what that means. Another brand new episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. Yes, we're back recording on Thursday this week. This is probably, I want to say, maybe only a one-time week, a one once-a-week thing. Uh, Should be. We'll be back next week on Wednesday. But the following week, Paul and I have to discuss since Dynamite's going to be on Friday in two weeks, not Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, we got to figure that out. It's going to be a late one, too. It's going to be a 10 o'clock start, I believe, on because uh, yeah. it's going to be after SmackDown on Oof. TNT. Oof. It's going to be a little Friday Night Wars uh, leading into Double or Nothing. Okay. So, it'll be worth it, though. It will. It'll be exciting. It'll be a nice long holiday weekend, and it'll be uh, jam-packed with all the wrestling, so it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Tanner Lee, along with my co-host, Paul Zartman. we got a action-packed broadcast for you tonight uh paul let's kick off with some exciting news that AEW announced on monday starting in july back on the road can't wait uh i'm excited for the next indiana indiana show whether it be indy fort wayne evansville wherever i cannot wait to be back at a live show yeah um hard telling if that will be in 2021 or might be 2022 but just the fact that they're getting on the road again is very exciting it uh, kind of points towards normal returning. It does. It does. Um, and, and, of course, full capacity at Double or Nothing at Daly's Place on the yep. 30th. So that's going to be great. They uh, kind of teased that last night again during Cody's promo. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, if you follow um, the vlogs or anything that any of the guys do, they're constantly talking about the number of fans that are going to be back. Oh, sure. I mean, you know, they've had a little over a thousand for blood and guts last week, but the bump it up to 5,500. Yeah. Big time. Um, It is. And I, I think the Jacksonville crowd might be getting a little stale of it. I mean, yes, they, that is a loyal fan base down there. That is AEW's home. It's great to have that home base going forward when you need it. But, I don't think they'll have any problem selling out double or nothing because I think so many fans from other states and areas will come in for this event. Yeah, uh, I saw something interesting that uh, Wednesday afternoon there were still several hundred tickets available, but uh, it looked pretty packed last night. I thought tickets go on sale Monday. Oh, I mean uh, for this week's Dynamite. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think 
I think they've been having trouble selling dynamite tickets lately. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of that is because there's only so many people that are allowed there. And sometimes, you know, you don't want to go by yourself or you can't go by yourself and nobody else really wants to go, or it may be too far of a drive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, good for the Jacksonville people for taking advantage of this past year because they probably won't be back to dailies for quite some time (laughs) after, after they leave. Um, But I also thought today, you know, if they have any angles they want to do in an outdoor arena or something like the stadium stampede, which we'll get to tonight, they, they better do it in the next month Yeah, before they're back in indoor arenas. So unless um, it become daily's place becomes the place to go only for outdoor events, such as stadium stampede. Correct. Could be. So, so we shall see, but that's exciting news. They're hitting the road July 7th in Miami. And then they're going to Austin, the Austin area, then Dallas. I believe I got those two correct. I might have flip flopped the order of the Texas cities, but and I think each of those venue holds about five thousand or so. So, but hey, that's five thousand people. Oh, it looks great on TV if you can. Oh, fill absolutely! It. So it looks like a lot more and sound. I mean, indoor indoor sounds always better than outdoor sounds. Outdoor sound goes up. Stadiums yep. sound goes up. Indoor yep. it goes down. So, so it will be fun to follow. And I know we are both really looking forward to it. Let's recap some being the elite, shall we? Let's do it. Episode 255 took place this week titled, they should have put that on dynamite. Opens up with Matt Jackson talking about Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian and knowing them for a long time. He mentions how Daniels was royalty back in the day and everybody wanted to wrestle him. He also gave Kazarian his props Talked about uh, not only getting to wrestle them, but riding with them from town to town. He recalls a few stories from the road, brings up how they're brought into uh, AW from the start. They're part of the original 10. They're basically family. They've, you know, brought them over for Christmases, had Christmas together. He talks about how SDU created this silly stipulation about if they lose, they're going to disband as a tag team forever. Keeps going on and on about it. Uh, but he says no matter how hungry SDU is, Matt and Nick are hungrier says they're holding the titles forever and they'll be buried with them next week on Dynamite. Matt and Nick say they won't take any pity on their challengers. Our tag titles mean more to us than your legacy as a tag team means to you. Matt then mocks fans who have said uh, certain promos that show up online or social media should have been on Dynamite. Hence the title. Yeah. Uh thought it was a nice little way to get this feud going. I mean, not much of a build to this match because it was – in a sense, such short notice. So to see them doing this on BTE helps build it a little bit more. Yeah, there's a lot of background, the history between the teams, but you're right, this helped. This and then the video package last night on Dynamite helped build the anticipation for the match. And that's all of a nice video package takes. Yeah. You put a video package on there, that's what it can do. Absolutely. So. Then we saw Stu Grayson uh, looking for the mysterious girl. He sees Anna Jay in the distance, but runs up to her. Nobody's there. And then, then he goes, I think I'm losing my mind. Yeah, I was expecting um, him to turn around and her be standing right there and then shove him. And Cutler go, what happened? Why'd you fall? I, I expected it to be a different wrestler like Abaddon or Powerhouse oh, Hobbs yeah. or, or somebody else. So Yeah. Then we see Dark Order hanging out in their lair. Evil Uno has some business to figure out. Uno wonders how they will deal with uh, 
the Hardy family office. He talks about some upcoming matches. He said the next goal is to bring gold to the Dark Order. Tin said he almost had it, but that emo geek ripped his mask. Uno tries to figure out if Steen is actually their friend or their enemy. Uno wonders if they should uh, change their team colors to orange simply to make Taz mad. The group banters some more and decide the first thing they need to do is find where John Silver's at. So they start looking under everything in the hotel lobby. And the first thing I got to mention about uh, this segment was the cell phone, the close up of the cell phone to start yep. the segment. That's a nice little throwback to some older BTE that used to happen with Matt once a month, at least it seemed sometimes every week, especially leading up to the announcement of AEW and the first dynamite. Correct. There's a lot of teasers when AEW was getting started that he would play yeah. right into the internet fans. Yeah. Of course, uh, some of the things on evil Luna's phone, I don't want to know why he's searching, but hey. oh, it's yeah. It's pure <laughs> comedy. Yep. Then we see Nick Jackson hit another trick shot at his house. So that's going to be, I think, a regular thing we see every week from now on. Yeah, I think that's our new merch freak. I think you're right, at least for the time being. But uh, it can go by the wayside, kind of like, do you? We don't see yeah. that anymore. So yeah. At the hotel, we see John Silver apparently lost and yelling for his mom. The best friends with drinks in their hands roll up and ask him what's wrong. Silver says he's lost all sorts of people and and talks like he's from the South all of a sudden. And the group says Ch Chuck Taylor's from the South and Silver makes fun of him for it. Cassidy kicks Silver right between the legs. They taunt him some more, take his sneakers. The group walks off and Silver says, I didn't like this bit. That was a bad bit because he did get wine poured on his face yeah. by Trent. And it went right into his eye. I mean, yeah, I think he a, was fine until it went in the yeah, eye. And I think that, that, just, that ruined for him. Yeah. But how they could get through that without laughing was great. <laughs> yeah. We then see uh, the behind the scenes of the ring and the, and the cell being put together for blood and guts. Pretty cool. Um, Sammy Guevara on his vlog this week had a lot of uh, behind the scenes oh, things yeah. with, with the cage. So that was neat. Yeah. Uh, the one guy said, what, two days, two or three days is where they were at at this point to build that thing. And Chris Jericho talks about it a ton on this week's uh, Talk is Jericho. He talks about taking the bump and everything. It was really good. He... Um, Addresses the naysayers and the haters for his bump. Um, really good stuff. Really, really okay. good stuff. And explains what it was made of, where it was, and everything. So I, I recommend going to listen to that if you haven't already. Just Jericho this week, no guest. So mm, okay. Then we see backstage at Dynamite, uh, Carl, Nick, and Doc making fun of Matt for his outfit because he's dressed in Hawaiian. Why they're all in biker gear? They tell him it's biker game day, not tropical vacation day. Nick says they're going to do a run in and mask. It looks stupid. Yeah. No comment on this segment. <laughs> then we see from Brandon Colors camera view, we see Kenny Omega come out to the ring during the Young Bucks and Good Brothers attack on Kingston and Moxley. Omega gives Kingston the one-winged angel, and Nick mocks uh, the count, the three count of Omega pinning Kingston. The group taunt Kingston and Moxley some more before heading off. That was interesting because we did see, in fact, there was nobody in the stands. So Yeah, which means all the fan shots you saw during – that match were live fan shots. I couldn't remember if they did any fan shots at all last week. Um, I mean, I know they pumped in the noise. They're actually live noise. There were some occasionally, not a whole bunch of them like we are used to seeing. Yeah. But there were shots occasionally in, you know, during the match or at different spots. So, yeah. It means the fans watched along on the big screen with us. Yes, they did. It was unique to say the yeah. least. 
we didn't see pretty pretty Peter Avalon having a drink and flirting with Maddie uh, Rinkowski about her eyelashes. Leva Bates walks by and gives him a look. Avalon looks disappointed in himself. And then turns around and she's gone too. Yep. <laughs> Everybody vanished. I'm we glad you knew who that was because I had no clue who he was notes. having drinks with. Yep. Okay. Yep. I wouldn't have known if I didn't find it online. <laughs> so uh, we didn't see Dark Dark Order Banner some more and then celebrate as they're reunited with Silver. Yeah. Uh, the Dark Order is back at yep. 90%. <laughs> yep. Then see another trick shot by Nick Jackson. Then we close the show with Christopher Daniels talking to the camera about not being on being the elite, but he's still very much behind the scenes. So he's been away because he hadn't really had much to say and didn't want to waste people's time on being the elite. So he and Frankie have been uh, working away with their current stipulation. And Scorpio Sky is frustrated at the moment. So Sky's going off doing his own thing. Uh, Daniels understands the frustration. He continues that life is going to change on May 12th. And he's either going to be a tag team champion or split up with his lifelong tag partner. Uh, Daniel says he's actually sitting in Matt Jackson's chair in the dressing room because he wanted to talk with the guys. He wanted to look them in the eye and see if he's facing the guys that he was on the road with back in the day, day after day, or if it will be what they are now, expensive sneakers, stirring the pot, new attitude, etc. Says after months of winning matches, it's now just SU, SCU versus the Unbucks. He tells the brothers he wants them to think about all the promotions they've wrestled and all that time and effort. Uh, are they willing to throw it all away? Daniel says he knows Matt and Nick are the best tag team in the world, but life is going to change for all four of them. How far are you willing to go? It's win or go home, win or quit, win or die. Which one do you think we are going to do? I know my answer. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a very emotional um, promo, especially there towards the end. Uh, nice to know that they're still calling Scorpio Sky part of SCU, even though he isn't teaming with them or really doing anything with them. Yeah. He acknowledged, I mean, we hadn't seen Christopher Daniels, like he mentioned in a long time on, on being the elite. So he acknowledged it, but I, I, I just, I don't refer to Scorpio sky as part of SEU anymore. No, no. Um, he was, he was part of their history, but yeah, he's part of the history, but active members. No, nope. We then kicked off a W dynamite with a fantastic match, historic match. John Moxley defending his IWGP US Championship versus Yuji Nagata, legendary 53-year-old professional wrestler, wrestled back in WCWs, wrestled in New Japan for many years. Uh, Moxley came out to Wild Thing last yes. night. It'll yes. be interesting to see if this was just a tribute for Onita, who was the came out to Wild Thing. He was kind of the first death match wrestler in New Japan. Or if this is a gonna be moxie's new theme or if this is a theme he's just gonna use for big matches yeah um, i don't know i don't know i mean i definitely i don't know if he makes it to darker elevation i don't even think he'd probably use it there unless it was a permanent permanent thing and they were just completely getting rid of what mikey's made for him we know a lot of fans like his new japan theme better than his aw thing mm-hmm so he's, he's got true. a lot of, he's a man of many themes, but yeah. I, I love the song Wild Thing. I mean, it reminds me of Rick Vaughn, of course, of the Cleveland mm-hmm. Indians on Major League on the movies. Yep. But uh, um, it, the lyrics are great, but just the the tempo of the song doesn't really fit Mox as his no. other themes do. But No, uh, definitely a different tempo. A little bit, I don't want to say faster, but more upbeat. Yes. It'll be interesting to find out if it's his thing going forward. It, whether it is or not, uh, Tony Khan spent a lot of money on the rights 
for it, even if it was just for one night. Yeah. Believe so, it's telling you to spend that type of money. Yeah, but very cool, very fitting. Um, tribute to Anita, like I said. Uh, this match was fun to watch, back and forth, a lot of big shots. Um, towards the end of the match, we saw uh, Nagata looking for the arm break, and uh, his eyes roll back. Uh, Moxley's able to roll to the bottom of the rope. They get a rope break, and Nagata then hits a Inzugari. Uh, Moxley bounces off the road, hits a sliding lariat. Moxley looks for the bulldog choke, but can't quite get it locked in. Moxley hits a or has a cut on his cheek. Uh, more forearms by both wrestlers. Moxley uh, uh, hits some knees to the head and then hits a paradigm shift or a, a death death driver, as they call it over in New Japan, for the one, two, three. Love the post match. Um, Moxley calls in Narita to check on Nagata. Uh, Moxley raises up the title with Kingston by his side. He puts the title down, bows to Nagata, then gets down on the mat and gives a full bow to Nagata. Nagata returns the favor. They bump heads and get together. Moxley raises up Nagata's arm, and the crowd cheers both wrestlers. This is the type of reason that John Moxley came to AEW, away from WWE, yeah. for moments like this. Yeah. I mean, there were no moments like this when he was in WWE. And, I mean, that's not a knock at the company or anything like that. That's just there was no reason for a moment like that. Whereas now you're getting those type of reasons. You're getting those type of chances to have those moments. I mean, John Moxley is the guy who wants to wrestle all over the place. He wants to wrestle yep. all kinds of people and WWE, even though they might have a working partnership soon with MLW. Besides that, they got nothing going on and I don't think yep. they ever really will, at least for the foreseeable future. So, yep. So a really enjoyable match. Um, I, I figured Moxley would retain. Man, he's held that title for a long time since January of last year. Yeah. Uh, I you don't know they, who's going to take it off of him. I don't know. I think they even commented that he's now the longest reigning champion. So, Or that may have been referenced to AEW's World Heavyweight Champion, yeah. but I, I heard that mentioned during the match. It, it is. It was neat. I liked how they announced before the match that it was New Japan Rules. So yes. a few different New Japan rules are the 20-second count-out instead of 10-second, 60-minute time limit. So I thought that was neat. I thought that was yeah. a nice touch, which it should be. It's the it's the New Japan-U.S. championship. Yeah, now let's just hope that uh, TK continue, can continue to work with New Japan and get a bigger, wider selection of a working partnership with them. Yeah, because it sounded like this was going to be on New Japan programming over in the U.S. originally, and Tony Khan wanted to be on Dynamite. So yeah, he wanted to pay respect to a legend who yep. got his start on TNT. Yep, absolutely. So just awesome all the way around. We then see backstage uh, Ortiz, Hager, and Sammy Guevara talking to Alex Marvez. Um, Santana and Chris Jericho are absent. Ortiz says uh, uh, Santana got arrested and detained because he used a fork in the match. He says the inner circle had the match won, but a strange twist of fate at the end got the pinnacle to win. Guevara and Hager want a rematch. Guevara says to give them a rematch or they will put the pinnacle in their grave. Yeah, um, I was interested in this. Uh, I don't know why Santana wasn't there, why they went with this storyline. Um, I do know why he wasn't there. He's okay. sick. He's just oh, sick, okay. and it was a pre-caught. I read that on, the, I think Dave Meltzer reported that. Uh, but I read it on WrestlingInc.com. Um, just, just precaution because of the pandemic. He was—I I don't okay. think it's COVID or anything, but he was sick, and they just didn't want to take a chance of bringing him in. So, okay, so, so they made up that, the storyline. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, and I guess if you watch Sammy Guevara's vlog, uh, 
at least he didn't do what Marco wanted him to do. Because <laughs> then we wouldn't have had Sammy either. Marco wanted him to use a gun. Yep. Leave it to Marco. Marco, man. <laughs> we didn't see the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes he- heading out to the ring to make an announcement regarding he and Double or Nothing. He said it's fair to poke fun of things like the election, what to do to their national anthem, but he's always proud to be an American. He then mentions Anthony Ogogo, who runs down America every chance he gets, although he has, has, has a visa and makes those green dollars from America. Rose says it's his right to do that, though, because the argument is what makes us what we are. Uh, Anthony, you didn't come here to live the English dream. Rhodes brings up a go-go punching him in the midsection. He talks more about America before bringing it back to wanting to face a go-go at double or nothing. Rhodes says a go-go will not be wrestling the American nightmare. It'll be the American dream for one night only. Please give me your thoughts about this, Paul, because I've seen mixed reactions all over the place. Some people loved it. Some people absolutely hated it. I'd say more people I've seen on Twitter and podcasts and everything hated it than liked it. Um, I'm not a big fan of the country country conflict, Me either. especially in today's society. Me either. But I love the fact that Cody gets to use the American dream. I think he's using this to try to get the rights to it because he um has been trying to get the rights to it, and gave up. Um, because I guess there was a lot of things, kind of roadblocks. But I believe if he can prove to use it for a sports and entertainment reason, then he has a better chance of getting it. I think that's why he's doing this. Yeah. Um, And I mean, the promo overall was good, regardless of the fact that it's this country versus country, good evil type thing. Uh, I could have done without that, but I I love when Cody gets out there and cuts an emotional promo. Um, It's just, it's nice to see, and it's uh, shades of his dad through and through. It was very passionate. I mean, Cody's always passionate. I did. I liked the bit he brought up about he and Brandy having a mixed racial baby girl soon. He choked up. You know, he got emotional. Um, I mean, we'll make our predictions in two weeks for <laughs> double or nothing. But, man, I just have a tough time believing that Cody's got to lose wrestling as the American Dream one night. If he wouldn't have put that stipulation in there, I think he puts over the younger guy, which I think makes more sense for business to put over to the younger guy in his first big match. Yeah, but, you know, you can get the guy over without having him win, too. You're right. But, I mean, it's just the, the, the wrestling world likes to crap on Cody Rhodes more than anybody. Oh, yeah. Because um, they just feel that he's living off daddy's name. Well, he's the Triple H of AEW is what they're saying. He puts himself yeah. over every chance he gets. But really, in my opinion, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, if that was the case, he'd still be the TNT champion. He would have booked himself to win the AEW World Heavyweight title. He wouldn't have given the stipulation of, I if I lose, I never get a challenge for that belt again. Yeah. Uh, those are things Triple H wouldn't have done. Yeah, it's more, I think, and I agree with you on the AEW World Heavyweight title case. It's more of, I think, being the first TNT champion than winning it back after only being gone five weeks or whatever it was from Brody Lee. Um, and then, uh, I don't know. They just, they like to pick on him no matter what. Well, of but. course. I mean, no matter what he does, he's going to get backlash for yeah. it. He got a TV show. He got backlash for that. Yeah, you're right. That That's another example. Yep. Yep. So, 
So we will see where that goes. Um, I mean, we kind of thought a few weeks ago that's where this uh, feud might go. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how much a go-go tries to get the anti-American hate going in the next few weeks. And does the match change in between now and double or nothing to, you know, no disqualification or something along those lines? It could. I hope they don't have too many stipulation matches, though. Yeah. I agree. But, but it could. Um, it, you know, it was funny. I got to thinking. I'm like, maybe they should have held off this anti-American thing for like a Cody Rhodes versus Miro feud. Then I'm like, nope. That was WrestleMania 31 when John Cena came out on the tank. Or Miro came. Rusev came out on the tank against John Cena for the U.S. title. Yeah. So, already been been there, done that. Yeah, let's not do that one again. <laughs> Unless Cody wants to come out on the tank. So, uh-huh. I can only imagine the backlash then. Oh, yep. We then get the uh, AW World Tag Team title match. The Young Bucks defending against SCU, Christopher Daniels, and Frankie Kazarian. Don Callis joins commentary for the match. If SCU loses, they're disbanding as a tag team. Uh, fun match here. Really good match. Back and forth. Uh, talk about getting busted open. Hmm. Boy, did Christopher Daniels bleed like a stuffed pig. I, I yeah. think it was a planned spot for him to get busted open, but I don't know if he was supposed to bleed like that. Wow. Yeah, I think he went a little too deep. I did love the camera shot of the blood getting on the Jordan ones. Beautiful. Oh yeah. Beautiful. And the bucks even had white shoelaces, which those usually don't come with white shoelaces made it even better. Yep. And that was kind of the giveaway that it was a planned spot because I mean, why would you randomly change out your shoestrings? The, the, the story of this match was kind of like, you know, busting Daniels open, took him out of the match. And Frankie was one on two for the most time. Frankie was on fire at one point, hit the styles clash, which I'm going to go back and watch this match. See if there's any other little uh, notions to things in the past, because Frankie fake joined the bullet club for a little bit years Mm -hmm. ago. And him and AJ styles kind of got into it. That's why I think he used the styles clash last night. I'm sure there was other, other uh, tips of the cap from things in the past that happened during that match that I just didn't pick up on. Um, well, not just from Frankie. There was one big one, but of course, when that happened, it ended the match in another company. Uh, what are you referring to? The throwback to 2004 uh, <sighs> HBK Ric Flair. Yeah, well, it wasn't 2004. It was about well, 2000. Yeah, when, that year. I don't know what year it was, but yeah. Flair's been yeah. retired I'm so, so many uh, times. He says, I'm sorry, I, mean, I love you, and mocked it. Yes, that's that's Healy mm-hmm. Bucks. That is Healy yeah. Bucks. They're dressing the way. I mean, they want that reaction from you. They got the exact reaction they wanted from Twitter and social media from doing that last night. Um, but, man, Christopher Daniels would not go out and down without a fight. He kept kicking yeah. out at two. Um, finally, they used the cold spray, which I thought Callis's line was hilarious. So, to see, they're just trying to slow down his bleeding with the cold spray or or, yeah. or filling the cut or whatever it was. They yeah. hit him with the can in the head. Um, the referee was distracted when, when Daniels got sprayed with this cold spray and then, and then hit the head. Um, um, but Daniels kicked out of that. Then Matt and Nick hit the BT trigger. Uh, Kazarian tried to run in from the stage, but he couldn't make it in time. Yeah, it was a solid match from start to finish. I mean, <sighs> sad to see it end for SCU, but I think CD is ready to move to the backstage coaching segment more than be in ring. And this was that opportunity for him to do it. I think Frankie's got some left in the tank, Um, but I was frustrated post-match. They just 
didn't even give SCU the time of day to embrace yeah. and cut right to the back where they said, now said, Oh, something's going backstage. We've got to have the cameras catch up. We see Eddie Kingston and John Moxley going to Elite's uh, dressing room and destroy the place. Then after commercial, we see just a quick snippet of Kazarian and Daniels hugging for the last time as a tag team. Why couldn't they show that originally after they come from the break, show what happened in the locker room? I just feel like this is a tag team that's been together for 10 years. They were together mm-hmm. in TNA, then Reign of Honor, while Daniels won the Reign of Honor championship, and then AEW. And I just feel like it wasn't a proper send-off. I just, it rubbed me the wrong way. I was really disappointed that the company didn't give him more focus. It did, but um, for whatever reason, you know, and this will go back and everybody will give the the young bucks and all the EVPs heat for it, but it's the main storyline. So they want to focus on that. I, I don't even think, I just think it was production error. I, I really do. I mean, this is something I would, I can't give them a, a pass on this. This really, it really frustrated me. Oh, absolutely. I agree. I, I mean, I think they, they did some great production stuff last night, but there's also some snafus again last night. It's like, why do these keep happening? I know it's a company that's young. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, you and I love this company, but yeah. got to call them out when I think they, they deserve called out. And that was, that oh, was yeah. one moment last night that just really irritated me. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Because I mean, there was no, the commentary team didn't really even seem to know what was going on. No. I mean, clearly watching it, you could see what was happening, but it's like they didn't know, which again points to the production error of we're supposed to show this when we come back, but somebody flipped the switch. This whole show last night felt like they were just packing in as much as they could because it's kind of like they wanted a viewer to be able to watch this and know what's going to happen to Double or Nothing, even if they miss the next two weeks. Does that kind of make sense? Yes. Trying to uh, ride the coattails off of Blood and Guts. Yeah, it was kind of like we're gonna jam pack everything, and yeah, it was. I mean, it was solid, solid show, but there was some, there was some hiccups. But. Well, yeah. Backstage, Dosh Gonzalez talking with Christian Cage about his issues with Taz. Cage brings up Taz's critique of his matches in the ring. Cage says Taz was once a bad man, but he's not going to step through the ropes now. Cage says next week Taz can send any member for him for double or nothing. Cage says there will be a casino battle royal, and he's in it. Matt Seidel shows up. It says uh, not only is he going to win the match at the pay-per-view, but he's already signed up for the match against Christian next week. Christian, uh, oh, I don't have the line written down, but he makes a good line referring to Seidel slipping last year. Yeah. Which uh, that was all out, right? Yes. In the over the rope, top rope battle royal, right? Because I feel like he and Matt Hardy both had the bad falls on the same night. Uh, you might be. Because double or nothing, the surprise was Brian Cage in the ladder match. Seidel was not in the ladder match. I don't Seidel believe. Came, uh, man, now you're making me question it. I don't know, but uh, it was. Uh, you think everything's gonna fall out of place, is or something along those lines? Was Christian's line? Uh, yes. But yeah, yeah, I. I don't think it was double or nothing that he was there. G- go ahead and Google it if you can. Yeah, I will. No. I'll keep rolling along. I'm interested now because I, <laughs> I might be remembering it completely wrong. But interesting note about my Matt Sidell and Christian Cage. They've never faced one-on-one. Even when they were in WWE, Christian and Matt and Evan Bourne, they were in three-man tag, four-man tags against each other and things like that, battle royals, yada, yada, but in some house shows, but never one-on-one. So It was a double or nothing because it was in the casino battle royale. 
Okay. I was wrong. I just, I thought he was, it was the over the top. Um, cause that's the one at all out where, uh, Lance Archer won, but Andy Kingston was never thrown over the top rope. So but here I see now I'm confused. Cause I've got <laughs> one that says Matt Seidel apologizes, uh, for his AEW botch debut mm-hmm. in the casino battle Royal. But then there's a video from YouTube. This mm-hmm. is Matt Seidel botched W or debut at AEW All Out. So, I I, mean, I, I would think it's the uh, video. Um, it was All Out because there's another. Uh, right. Essentially, Sports. dot com has one for. There we go. I, I remember it correctly. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> we then got the uh, number one contenders match or the AEW World Title Eliminator match. They're calling it between Orange Cassidy and Peck. Talk about an interesting match here. Um, a lot of back and forth, a lot of physicality. Um, of course, the big takeaway from this match was they had to call an audible. Mm-hmm. This match was supposed to, it's reported that it was supposed to go to a 20-minute time draw. But they had to call an audible, and it was only 13 minutes long because Orange Cassidy got hurt for real. Can't mm-hmm. tell if he got hurt on the, the kick to the head or the Liger bomb following it. The Liger yeah. bomb sure was nasty looking. It's where a lot of people think he got hurt. But if you watch the kick to the head, Orange either did a heck of a job selling or he was out cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely not the way it was supposed to go. No. Uh, at least it's nice that we still get that overall outcome. You know, they didn't say, well, eh, he's knocked out. Pack your winning. Yeah, because after that Liger bomb, the uh, ref went over and checked on him because he, he kept trying to get up and he couldn't really get up. So then Don Callis came out and tells Pack to, to hurry up and get this thing over with so Omega knows who he's facing. Then Omega came from behind, hit Pack with the title, and Aubrey Edwards' attention was on Callis. And then Edwards um, counted both men out at 10. And then uh, post-match, Callis says, since they don't have a winner, that means Omega has the night off. Omega feels like they should go on a road trip, get that. Kawasaki or the did you call it Kawasaki or the uh, the Harley and the I don't know some other kind of I think it was Kawasaki um and, and, and get a road trip going um uh, he uh calls Omega or he calls Orange and Pack both a bunch of losers neither deserve a title shot but Tony Schiavone comes out stage and says he's just been informed to lead Pack and Orange Cassidy in a three way with Omega at double or nothing Omega and Kaus freak out yeah and then uh, Kenny makes the line about running back to Ontario. <laughs> yep. So it's the first uh, triple threat title match we've seen in AEW. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know WWE does a lot of triple threats. I per- personally prefer one-on-one more than triple threat, but this match is going to rule. This match is yep. going to be awesome. I think uh, this was TK kind of listening to the fans because half the fans want Cassidy in there facing Omega. Half of them want Pack, yep. and you make everybody happy this way. Yep, two different storylines in the one match. Yep. So we then see the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers. They're seeing their dressing rooms destroyed. Doc Gallo says he knows it was Moxley and Kingston. Matt Jackson said it's fine because tonight they finished off Daniels and Kazarian. Matt says next week, why don't they finish off the uh, top contenders, the Varsity Blondes, Matt then mocks Brian Pillman Jr. wanting to be like his dad in wrestling. Matt continues that Moxley and Kingston should meet up with them at double or nothing. Which we've been talking for yep. a couple weeks now that it was going to be somehow yep. the Bucks versus Eddie and Mox, even if it's not for the titles. Exactly, which I guess the Varsity Blondes could pull off the upset next week, but I don't see it happening personally. 
I think the Young Bucks retain their titles. I hope for the Varsity Blonde's sake, it doesn't end up happening. Which, what happens doesn't end up um, being like what has happened to some other teams in the past that faced the Young Bucks. Private Party got that big win, and then they kind of drifted back. Um, top flight. Now, one of them is hurt now, but right. back in November, they w- didn't really get the push after that. Hopefully for the Varsity Blondes, if they do lose, they don't fall too far in the rankings and can continue to get pushed. Absolutely. And, I mean, if nothing else, they are dominating dark and elevation. Yes, that's why they're number one so. in the rankings because, you know, some people – but well, uh, well, well, dark dark and elevation wins don't matter that much. Well, yes, they <laughs> do because the company yes, has do. said – they do, and wins and losses matter. So they've stated that. Yeah. So I don't want to hear. Well, well, no, no, they. So that's yeah. how uh, Britt Baker that's, got that's to be my number internet, one. That's my internet van tro- uh, <laughs> fan trolling voice from now on in this podcast. So it uh, makes me think of uh, oh the old BTE bits where you had the off camera voices. Doesn't that do that? <laughs> it kind of does. <laughs> Next day, we did so Alex Marvez asking Hainman Page about his loss to Brian Cage and his drop in the rankings from one to five. Page says it was bound to happen to lose a match, but took three guys, a big power bomb to take him down. Page says he thinks it wasn't so much as Brian Cage that beat him. It was more like Taz won. He doesn't think a guy like Cage would actually be happy with a win like that and actually wants to earn a spot. Cage offers up the match happening at double or nothing. I feel like this yeah. was all thrown together kind of because I think there was a plan for Ricky Starks and Ricky Starks uh, reportedly has a broken neck and he'll be out three yeah. weeks. I'm no doctor though, but I got to think a broken freaking neck, as Kurt Angle would say, <laughs> you would be out for a lot longer than three months. I mean, it could be, I guess, like a fracture of some sort or something, like a hairline fracture, but yeah, I, I mean, I mean, prayers to Ricky Starks. I hope he recovers. I think he's got one of the brightest futures in the company. But please take your time because a neck injury is nothing to mess around with. Absolutely. If you come back too quick, you could end your career very quickly. I mean, it took Edge almost 10 years to recover from one. Of course, mind you, his was multiple that he ignored. Um, Very similar situation with Daniel Bryan. You know, just listen to JR in this one, Ricky Starks and uh, take your time. Your company needs you, but only when you're healthy. Yes. We didn't see the pinnacle coming out for their uh, coronation as they're calling it. The stables all dressed up and they come out to the ring with some women by their side, which I can only presume are some Jaguar cheerleaders. They're uh, also the uh, sweepers for Kenny. Yeah. So I think they're <laughs> part of the Jaguars franchise. Uh, MJF's in a pink suit with a crown on his head. He starts with the mic in his hand as the crowd boos. MJF says now that he's the demo god and the greatest of all time. He wants everyone to bow to the group. MJF brings up the ratings and said they did well in Canada, uh, likely due to them having a Canadian hero in their group, Sean Spears. MJF says the inner circle is down to two guys, or down two guys with Santana and Jericho out. Is confused as why they would want the rematch. He asks the crowd if they want to see a rematch. The crowd does. MJF says no. Totally takes over and cuts like the promo of his life. Uh, <laughs> he was in the zone. Says the pinnacle yeah. took everything an inner circle could give, but at the end, the inner circle was shaking their hands to stop the match. He then reveals a present he gave to the group, a very expensive watch. Inner circle shows up honking a vehicle. MJF's like, what's going on? Like, I'm like, Oh great. Here we go with another honking vehicle vehicle spot. Like we saw with the elite and, or, and um, Kingston and Moxie a few weeks ago, but out comes 
uh, Sammy Guevara and uh, Hager and Ortiz in this uh, little bit of the bubblies on the side of this cart. Uh, Guevara seems to be manning the hose at the top of the vehicle. MGF tells them they are done with the group. He talked to his lawyers and they're done. Then Jericho climbs up with Armin Cast and again asks if they can get a rematch, yes or no. MGF says no. Jericho says, okay then, and it has Sammy spray down the group with a little bit of the bubbly. The pinnacle's flopping around as the group's getting hosed down by Sammy. MGF's mad and says, now if they want a match, how about double or nothing? Stadium stampede. MGF says if the inner circle loses, however, then they will have to break up forever. Jericho looks on as he ponders that offer but doesn't end up saying anything. MGF says take it or leave it. So I'm guessing we're going to get an official answer from the inner circle next week. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm torn on this segment from start to finish. I mean, you know, my biggest gripe with it. What's that? Another botched camera. You yeah. saw Jericho. I saw Jericho kneeling down in the back yeah. and peeking his head out right yeah, away. I'm I, like, oh, Jericho's back there. Yeah, see, I saw that, but I was like, okay, maybe it's not Jericho. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's a crewman. No. Something. I don't know. Maybe it's the guy making sure the hose is connected. I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt on this one. It's just like when Cody was in the RV. Yeah. It's like, how do you, like, how do you, are you not looking through the lens? Yeah. Like, uh, you guys got to practice this stuff. But uh, besides that, I didn't mind it. I know this has been recreated a couple times. You had the beer, the original beer bash and the attitude era. Then you had Milkomania. But here's my thing. AEW has tons of young viewers. Some of them might not be familiar with seen it. Yeah. So if you're seeing this for the first time, it's entertaining as, as all get out. Yeah. Uh, I got to say nobody oversold it. Correct. <laughs> I mean, Spears kind of did. Yeah. But yeah, him and Wheeler, uh, took the focus off of him. So another thing I want to say is I sure hope cash Wheeler knew and wore white pants for a reason. Cause my God, if not, yeah. All right, man. Uh, the chicks but, are going to um, love that on social media. Oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why he did it. Yeah. He is the, Hey, he is the non-married guy of the group so. and the youngest. Yep. Well, apart from Matt, but um, yeah, I think he is younger than Wardlow. Wardlow's older than people think. Yeah. Wardlow's like my age. Yeah. So and cash is a, year or two younger than me so, so. so i i enjoyed the enjoyed the segment but i i didn't like the snafu little snafu with the camera and jericho and i love stadium stampede last year and i love the comic yes. relief i feel like you can't do too much comedy this year with this one and right does this kind of forego everything that happened at blood and guts i feel like the why didn't if, they, if this was the plan why didn't they do even though stadium stampede was a double or nothing last year why couldn't they've done that at dynamite and then blood and guts at stadium at double or nothing, even though I guess the ring set up in the analytics and everything, but or logistics, but I don't know. Right. I, I feel like blood and guts is where the feud should end, not really start. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I don't know. I, on things. I don't know. Like I said, I, I was torn on this segment from the start. Uh, love Tully's promo. I think that's one of the, like you said, the promo of his life. Awesome. I've never heard him cut that good of a promo. He's so passionate. Oh man. Yes, he was. And, but I don't know when the, when the cart came out and Sammy was standing on top of it, my first thought was, Hey Sammy, last year you got hit by that thing. Yep. But, I, hey. <laughs> I just feel like they've missed a little uh, opportunity here 
a little bit where they could have got some off matches. Sammy versus Spears. Uh, MJF yes. versus Jericho again, which I think that should have happened a double or nothing instead of this five on five. Hager versus Warlow again. Proud and Powerful versus FTR. Like, and maybe we do get these down the road. I'm not, I mean, but I'm like, if this is the end of the feud at double or nothing and the pinnacle wins and the inner circle has to break up, then they miss a chance to do so many of these other great matches. But it is Chris Jericho. So if they lose, Jericho will say, sure, the inner circle is over, but now we're this. So, well, Fozzie mm-hmm. goes on tour from July 14th through f- September. Yeah. Let that sink in. But AW yeah. goes back on the road on July 7th. And got to think Jericho close, wants to be there. How close are the shows running together? Can Jericho leave the tour from Fozzie and make it to AEW? Like and I like the inner circle, but two years ago. I think if they break up, it's a fresh start for all the guys. Oh, yeah. I honestly I'm, think the inner circle is holding Sammy Guevara back a little bit. It's time for him to yes. spread his wings. Um, Santana and Ortiz, they're talented enough. They can get right in the, t- uh, the tag team title hunt. Hager, I don't know what he does, but they can find a place for him somewhere. And then Jericho can come back as the big baby face. Maybe he finally gets a rematch against Omega. For, well, it wouldn't be a rematch against Omega. They never fought for the title. But gets his rematch for the title, which he never got. Nobody really gets rematches. No, they don't. But I mean, yeah, I'm just saying I would like to see a babyface Jericho trying to go for the title one more time. Yeah. There's a lot of ways. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I mean, I, if I in our predictions are in two weeks, but if I had to pick right now on May 13th, I would say the pinnacle wins. I would agree with you. Um, but I mean, I want to see Sammy in that TNT t- with that TNT title around his waist. I mean, I, I've wanted to see it. I still yep. want to see it. Maybe one day. Yep. We'll, we'll see where it goes. And But AEW is also good at getting you to think one thing's going to happen and then the opposite happens. So Yeah. But I will say, um, as for Hager, what would he do? He'd be Jericho's Wardlow. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. the two groups are identical when you stop and think about it. So. Yeah. That's why I they mean, match up so well against each other. Oh, absolutely. So, so we will see what happens in the next few weeks. Yep. We didn't see uh, Jim Ross do a sit-down interview with Britt Baker, talk about the last time Baker fought Sheeta and how she got her nose broken. Baker says you uh, can let someone like that beat you or cha- or you can change. Uh, Baker says she's become the best bitch on the block. Baker says Sheeta has created a monster and now has to kill that monster, but she says she's uh, pretty effing hard to kill. We saw earlier during a photo shoot for Forbes magazine, um, Baker attacked Sheeta. Uh, Britt Baker says she's Thought the current champ should be in the photo, and by the time that time when the magazine releases, she'll have the title, not Sheeta. Uh, Jim Ross, JR thinks it'll be a physical match with a lot of urgency. Uh, Britt says Sheeta was champion during a difficult year, and she held down the division. Uh, Britt says she is the face of the division and the pulse of the division, and she guarantees it. Yeah. Um, good promo. Yeah. Good, good sit down. Yeah. She. She doesn't pair well with Jr. though, but they weren't going to have Tony do this one because of the quote unquote friendship those two have. Correct. So it was interesting to see. Um, I think there would have been a little bit more to it if it would have been Tony. Um, but again, it's still, I lean towards that. I think Jr. 
getting ready to retire. I don't think he'll re-sign when his contract comes up. It'll be interesting to see. I yeah. could see him doing one more three-year contract if they're if they're interested in that, but we'll see. Yeah, they got a lot of different uh, possible replacements. If they oh, absolutely. We didn't see Thunder Rosa versus Jasmine Allure, I believe. Allure? 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 I don't know. It was a squash match, pretty much. Uh, Thunder Rosa went to work and beat the heck out of her with the big chops in the corner. Um, She did take some offense, but um, then Rosa hit a body slam, a running senton for the cover. She pulls her opponent up, hits shoulder breaker into the Thunder Driver for the one, two, three. Yep. Uh, nice to see Thunder Rosa back on Dynamite. Did you see that Thunder Rosa is going to challenge for the NWA Women's Title? And if she loses, I believe she was it. She can't com- can't compete. She can't compete anywhere other than NWA. Yeah, but the NWA champions on AEW. Yeah. Which, speaking of, Serena Deeb is coming back from her injury next week and defending that NWA Women's World Championship against Red Velvet. Yeah, and uh, Serena will win it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no also, offense to Red Velvet. She's just she's not there yet. Also, next week, we see the Young Bucks defend their tag titles against Varsity Blondes, Christian Cage versus Matt Seidel, and Anthony Gogo with the Factory versus Austin Gunn. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Austin. Yeah, he's got to <laughs> take the gut punch. Yeah, um, we didn't see that Hangman Page versus Brian Cage official for Double or Nothing. They go over to the Double or Nothing card so far. Um, any guesses, Paul? Who else we could see in the Casino Battle Royal, or who could be the surprise? Because mm. a lot of the surprises I want to say they aren't eligible until July. So I am yeah. stuck with this one because Brian Cage and Ethan Page were kind of predictable ones last year. Yeah, during um, this past year, but I don't know about this one. I don't know. I mean, is there going to be some of this going on in Jacksonville on May 30th? I don't know because he all of a sudden it's been Kenny Omega this, Kenny Omega that. And those two have been in matches in the past Mm -hmm. when they were down in ROH together. The thing about Uh, Daniel Bryan, though, is if his wife and sister-in-law really want to make a comeback to WWE, doesn't really make sense for him to leave. But we'll see. We shall yeah, see. But creative control. Yep. Yep. And there's a lot of possibilities of him, you know, match possibilities. Like we talked earlier about Mox leaving and, mm-hmm. and facing all these different guys. He couldn't have if he stayed, stayed in, um, in New York. So. Yep. And I won't go, uh, the typical CM Punk mark and go, ah, oh, CM Punk's going to enter because I've already started seeing it again. He'll yeah. either be oh, a double or every, nothing or all every out. couple months, like, every couple Whoa. months. Yeah. We then see Tony Schiavone talking with Jade Cargill, and we look back earlier this week from um, Mark Sterling making an offer to Jade Cargill. Tony asked her about her offer, along with the many other managers that have been offering her in AEW. Cargill says nobody's going to handle her business. She's her own boss. There you go. Same pretty much promo from Jade Cargill, but it works for her. It does, and it keeps her in in the spotlight. Yep. So. People are still talking about her, and that's all that matters. We then see a Dar- uh, Darby Allen video package. Uh, says he doesn't have time to think about Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky's attack last week. He ended up going to Seattle, his hometown, and going back to his old skate park. Uh, he enjoys going back to see where he came from. Allen says Miro came here and talked about breaking glass ceilings, but what has he really done since he got here? 
Uh, Alan says he doesn't buy what Miro's selling. He continues that he knows who he is, but Miro, does Miro know who he is? Miro can say whatever he wants about Alan, but he will never have to admit Alan's one of the toughest men he's ever stepped in the ring with. Also says that all Miro's doing is playing video games and the best man in the wedding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good promo. Darby always has good promos, though. He makes good videos. Yep. We then get the main event, the TNT Championship, Darby Allen defending with Sting against Miro. Uh, Miro came out of the gate, was just beating the living tar out of Darby. Even before the bell rang, I saw people complaining, well, why isn't Sting helping Miro or helping Darby against Miro? Well, here's my philosophy. Sting is out there to make sure other outside interference doesn't come in. But as far as Darby's opponent and him, that's on Darby. Yep. Darby's got to handle his business. If he were to interfere and to help, then he's just, you know, guilty of doing the same thing he's out there to try to prevent from happening. He's just out there to make sure it's a fair fight. Yep. So, and that's uh, what Sting needs to do. Yep. Yep. We uh, saw, like I said, Jamiro just dominating Allen for most of the match. Um, Allen was able to battle back on the floor with a shotgun drop, um, a crazy cannonball dive. I've seen him and Ray Phoenix do some crazy. Tope Suicidas and Cannonballs, but this one might have been the craziest one. I mean, he bounced off Miro. That yeah. guy was going 110 miles per hour. I mean, if Phoenix saw yeah. that, Phoenix was like, wait till I top that and go 10 rows into the stands. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But we see uh, he goes for the coffin drop, but he gets caught in midair. Miro sends him flying with a released German suplex. Uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page take down Steen on the outside. Back in the ring, Miro hits a gut wrench suplex, looks for another, but Allen flips out of it and locks in a sleeper hold, keeping it locked in even on the floor. Miro tries to get the title, but the ref takes it away. I love that. I thought Paul Turner did awesome taking that away. Yes. Miro finally just drives Allen hard to the side of the stage. That looked really nasty. They showed the replay two or three different times. Uh, they both make their way into the ring. Steen is back on his feet after getting attacked. Uh, Miro's working over Darby's arm and shoulder with big elbow shots, then just throws Allen into the second turnbuckle. Miro slams Allen into the ropes and smiles. Darby's able to hit a chop block, then an over-the-top stunner and, and, and into an inside cradle for a two-count. Allen hits another over-the-top stunner and then puts Miro down, hits the coffin drop of Miro, catches him with a waist lock, release German suplex, and Darby lands on his feet. Darby rolls up for two. Darby hits a code red, another two-count. But sudden, Miro then suddenly gets in game over. Darby fades. It's Miro time. It's Miro day. The Miro era has began as Miro is the new TNT champion. Post-match, Steen has to deal with Sky and Paige again. Miro smiles and talks trash to the camera as Darby's passed out. Lance Archer's music hits. He runs out the stage, yells at Miro, but Jake Roberts keeps him back as the show comes to a close. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite matches so far with Miro. Not that he's been in many, but... He's undefeated uh, singles competition. Yep. Uh, the one thing I got to say is it was nice, you know, his first one or two singles matches, you know, he Miro crush and he yeah. did away with saying that this time. I was like, dude, you're, you're still in Rusev mode. Get out of that. I love the TNT title on his trunks. thought that was awesome. Um, just yep. total heelish move. The great spot. And this was, you know, I ripped on the production and then the cameras work earlier, but this was awesome. When Darby looks at Sting. And just looks like almost like a father looks to their son or a son looks to their father, like what to do. I knew what you meant. Yeah. Puts out and gives them a fist kind of like they both knew what was coming. And Sting in my head, Sting saying, well, bud, sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some, give it all you got one more time. And 
they knew what was coming. They knew Dar or Mira was going to squash him. But I thought that was just a yeah. really cool moment. That like hit me in the feels right there. Yeah, absolutely. And um, post show, uh, Darby did cut a promo, and he was pretty emotional during that promo. Um, if you haven't seen it, I retweeted I did it see on it. my yep. Twitter. Yep, we retweeted uh, on our kicking out podcast. Yep. Okay, I wasn't sure if you had done that for the kicking out. I saw it yep. and happened to retweet it myself. Yep. Um, but yeah, maybe one day he'll be back in the title picture. But right now, he just he doesn't need it. He's outgrown the need for that title. It's time for him well, and Sting to face Scorpio and Ethan Page, and it looks like Miro versus Lance Archer will probably happen for a TNT title. Dumb or nothing with Jazz got to be a fun match. So. Yeah, but too quick. It sure made, made it look like that's what's going to happen, though. But but if they don't do that, then who's Archer face if anybody? Dumb or nothing? Why is he being coming out to help Sting and, and Darby? <laughs> so I, I agree, though. I understand the too quick thing. I mean, they got two weeks to build it up, but. I think that's the match we're going to get. Yeah, but that means another loss for Archer. I know. I know it, but I don't want to see Miro drop again. I want to see Miro go on a long title run with this thing. Exactly, which is why I think it's too quick to have him face Archer. Yeah. No, I'm not disagreeing, but I just I think that's the direction they're going. Um, Maybe. I, I do have one more thought about this main event, and then we can move on to start closing the show. But yeah. with the Orange Cassidy pack match only going 13 minutes, supposed to go 20. Was seven minutes. I think they used seven more minutes for this match. I think this match was supposed to be Brock Lesnar versus John Cena. Like Miro was supposed to just absolutely dominate Darby and they called an audible. That's my personal opinion. I'm not sure. Oh, I agree. Cause I, that was my thought going into this. It's another Lesnar Cena where ding, 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 you know, boom, 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 five minutes. Oh, it's over. Yeah. But, I, I think, I mean, if, if that's the case of pack and, you know, Orange Cassie was really supposed to go 20 minutes and only went 13. I think that changes the time for everything. So yes, it does. They darn near ran out of time last night when Lance came out. I thought I thought they're gonna go over by a minute or two. Yeah. Not yet. They're not allowed to do yep. that. TNT nope. makes them 10 o'clock. Yep. Strictly. Yep. One of these days, you know they're gonna pull something on us to where we have to go like on Twitter and watch the end or wait till the next week to see what happens. One of oh, these days. Yeah. It's gonna happen. So. It's going to happen. I look uh, forward to it, though. Anything else real quick, Paul, that you wanted to add before we wrap this thing up? Um, yeah, it's not necessarily AEW-related. Um, it's kind of an off-branch. Um, according to the Dirty Sheets patron page, Bray Wyatt has asked for time off as he's dealing with mental illness issues. Wyatt's still coping with the death of his close friend, Brody Lee, who passed away in December. Um while Wyatt was written off of WWE TV before his death uh, because he kind of already had talked that, you know, it wasn't going to last much longer because he's real close with Brody's wife. Um, Wyatt did agree to return in time for WrestleMania, but Vince wasn't happy with his shape that he returned in. And Wyatt said, you know, I'm, I'm still dealing with this. I just need some more time. And he agreed. Um, it looks like from a post he had on Instagram that it's going to be a while. Well, I sure hope he gets the help he needs and gets himself in the right mindset, not only for him, but his wife and his child. So yeah, that's uh, uh, nothing to mess around with. Yeah. He said, uh, 
vaguely speaking, he said, and mental health is at an all-time decline. Be better. It could save a life. They saved mine. I love you, JoJo. I love you, kids. I love you, Mom. Yep. I hope I hope he gets the help he, he needs. So. Yep. And it um, it, it's the fans. It's social media. You know, they're here to entertain us. Let them do that. Express your feelings of, you know, okay, why'd you do that? Why'd you do this? But you don't have to go out there and I hate you. You suck. You're stale. The WWE ruined you. Not going to say too keyboard much warriors, that. Paul. Keyboard yeah. warriors. Too bad. They're at an all time high and it needs to stop. I mean, yep. Yep. I, it's a toxic world we live in and in social media world for sure. Yep. So, um, what, what, what grade do you give this week's dime? I on scale from one to 10. A six. Six? Yes. Okay. Six I was going to give seven. I am okay. going to give seven. <laughs> uh, kind of along the same lines. Uh, you know, the production yep. watches. Um, I know you didn't really one. like the, the uh, champagne spot, the spraying. It wasn't so much that I didn't like it. It just, it, it felt way too much like what yeah. had already been done. There needed to be something, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of getting torn when it comes to all these stipulations, you know, when mm-hmm. or else. I, I did think that stipulation was too quick right after we just saw SEU lose and disband. It's like, oh, we're doing this again. So, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's why. But, but if they didn't me. put that in place, I think a lot of people would automatically think, oh, inner circle's getting the win back. Yeah. To even it up. So, well, I think with that stipulation, people think now that inner circle is going to win it, which I'm kind of on the flip side. Now I think they're going to lose it with that stipulation. So I <laughs> uh, with yeah. the fuzzy tour coming up and everything, but, but we will see. Um, superstar of the week, wrestler Ooh. of the week, not superstar wrestler. You know, I'm going to let you go first. Cause I'm still torn and I already kind of know who you're going to go with. So Miro, I mean, the guy dominated TNT champion. Finally, um, he has arrived. He has arrived. It took a, lo- a little longer than everybody wanted, but we are in the Mar- Miro era for the TNT title now. Yes. Hence the name of tonight's episode. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I'm going to go flip on you here and uh, do my usual. I'm going SCU. Oh, nice touching. So, I mean, they've battled. 10 plus years as a tag team. Um, Cause you know, they started working together before that official tag mm-hmm. became a thing. Uh, you know, they're good friends. CD has had a great career, whether he gets back in the ring or not. Um, yeah. SCU. All right. I can respect that. I can respect that. Uh, one more thing I want to plug before I tell everybody where they can follow us and, Everything is, I have two exciting interviews coming up this weekend. I'm not going to reveal who they are with, but one is with a um, a popular uh, author that has wrote multiple books about wrestling. And the other one is with a popular wrestling podcaster. Kind of like Paul Paul and I are trying to become. So Hmm. Maybe one day. uh, (laughs) So I, I got two of those I am recording this weekend and hope to have both of them up in a video format and audio next week. So be on the lookout for those. 
Um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Kicking Out Pod. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channel. And of course, subscribe to us on whatever your favorite audio podcast platform is. And if that happens to be Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating, a, a good rating and a review. That really helps us out there. There's a lot of wrestling podcasts out there. A lot of uh, AEW podcasts are starting to grow to become a lot of AEW podcasts. We are fans just like you guys doing this for you guys, and we really enjoy it. But we would like uh, you to let your friends know about it, let your family, let other wrestling fans know. Get the word out. Help us spread this so we can uh, really and, and continue to enjoy doing this and interact with you all more. We, we'd love to do that. So please interact with us on social media. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Tanner Lee 92 and Paul's handle on those is at Paul Zarman 921. So anything else, Paul, if not, I will let you wrap it up. Uh, that's all I've got for this week. Uh, for Tanner Lee, I'm Paul Zartman. Join us again next week as we pick out another podcast.